You're glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Say amen. amen. We're glad you're here too. And uh, we're going to have an exciting time together as we get into the word of the Lord. I'm, uh, I'm just excited about the day. Um, always love the Lord's day. It's, it's a day when we come together to worship and, and honor him, but also to have wonderful fellowship with the body of Christ, with each other. And uh, we love each other. I've had an incredible weekend. Um, I know that sounds kind of a strange term to use when, when uh, one of the highlights of your weekend was a funeral. But uh, I had the privilege yesterday of, of preaching the funeral of a lady that I have known for better than 50 years. In fact, she was dean of ladies at Lee uh, when I was a student there, or right after I was a student there, I knew, I knew both of her daughters. She put her, all of her family through Lee and, and uh, then uh, came back to Lee herself. And uh, last year, I was there for her birthday party. Um, she was 100 years old last year. And... Uh, I missed her birthday party this year, but I was—I got to see her the very next day for 101, and um, and then she went to be with the Lord um, Friday morning early, and uh, we had her service yesterday. She's literally part of the church. I know she's one of those people that you don't know because you probably never had a chance to meet her. She did get to attend here some a few years ago, but. Uh, has not been able to attend church for the last couple of years. Uh, part of her family goes here, her son and daughter-in-law, and, and uh, their children come occasionally when they're in town, and uh, always glad to have them. But uh, I, I, I mention that because, uh, you know, some of you are probably, you know, like me, you're getting a little older, you're not as young as you used to be, and and uh, I hear people making all sorts of statements when they start getting older, like uh, this doesn't work as well as it used to, and I have pains and aches here that I didn't know uh, places even existed in my body, and, and, and start gearing down. Let, let me tell you about, her name was Gertrude Aldridge. Let me, let me tell you just a little bit about her from, um, from her obituary. Uh, <clears throat> she, she loved teaching others about Jesus, and she directed a, the children's ministry at Evangel Temple in Washington, D.C., where they had over five, between five and six hundred children every Sunday that she taught, and she held them spellbound. I mean, she was just a, just a masterful communicator. Um, at, 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 in those days. And uh, <clears throat> after she got her kids through college, by the way, she, she was a single mom. Her husband got killed or died many, many years ago. And, and um, so she, she was a single mom raising kids, put them all through college. And after the, she got her kids through college, she went back to Lee herself and graduated from Lee University after raising her kids and putting them through college as valedictorian. How about that? And not only did she graduate, uh, she graduated with a BS in, um, in Christian education. 
And she was one of the few females to ever go through Lee University who took Greek. Um, let me tell you just this much about Greek. It's a hard subject. Most of my buddies struggle to make C's. Sister Gertrude had a 4.0 average in Greek. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, straight A's. Uh, uh, not, not, not only that, but um, um, she, she uh, became dean of Lee University, dean of ladies, after she graduated. And um, then after she left the faculty there, she uh, continued her education at Xavier University in Cincinnati, Ohio, and le- earned a master's degree in counseling. Uh, she was a licensed minister in the Church of God, and uh, she... At age 69, now 69, think about this for a minute, 69, a lot of people have already retired by 69. Those who haven't are looking towards retirement. Most people are starting to slow down. At 69 years of age, she joined the ELIC, which is English Language Institute of China, and went to China to teach English to the university students there at 69. And I told him yesterday, I said, most people are winding down at 69, but I said, good night. She had 30 more years to live. She, she, she wasn't winding down. She, she, was just, she was just getting going good. And uh, when she was 80 years old, she went to the Brownsville Revival in uh, Florida. If any of you went to that, you know that you had to get in line early in the morning and stand in line all day long to even get a seat because when they would open the doors in the evening, the rush would just be, and that uh, sanctuary only seated about 3,500 people, and it would be full in about two minutes. And uh, so, like I said, you stood in line all day if you got a seat. I've been there, I know. Um, (laughs) At 99, she was honored in one of the churches in Virginia. She was the only remaining charter member of one of our churches of God there. A great, great lady. I I just want to tell you that this morning, kind of leaning into my message, because I want to tell you, right now is not the time to slow down. It is not the time to think about quitting. It's time for us to get ready to do more for God than we've ever done before. And I want to kind of tie on to last Sunday's message, and I want to talk to you about singing today. How many of you like to sing? Not near enough. (laughs) Everybody in here needs to learn to sing. Now, whether you, whether you ever sing well enough to be a, a performer, that's, that's immaterial. My text is from Psalms 144 and 9. David said, I will sing a new song to you. He's talking about to the Lord. Notice that's capitalized, Y-O-U, to you, O God. On a harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to you. Sing to the Lord. We need to learn to sing to the Lord. God wants to hear you sing. God likes to hear you sing. It doesn't matter whether you can carry a tune in a bucket with a hole in it. God likes to hear you sing because you're his child. And we like to hear our kids sing, don't we? God likes to hear us sing. So with the help of the Holy Spirit today, what I want to do is is from last Sunday talking about what we need to do in addition to just praying. 
some things that we need to do to get ourselves into the presence of God and also to find God's purpose and God's will for our lives. I want to tell you something. There are many of you sitting here this morning, perhaps everybody in this building, that God has some things he would like to birth in you in the spirit. Amen? There are some things that God would like to birth in you in the spirit realm for the for the glory of God and for his kingdom purpose in these last days. So let me get right into the message now. The first thing I want to talk to you about is an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. We need to learn to be more grateful or more thankful for what God has already done for us. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today, so stay with me. I want to take you now to the 100th Psalm. I love the 100th Psalm. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Singing. Come before his presence with singing. You're going to notice a progression in this psalm as we find our way into the presence of the Lord. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We're his people and the sheep of his pasture. Look at verse 4. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with what? praise. So notice the progression here. As you you start your way toward the Lord, you come with singing. Make a joyful noise noise to the Lord. I hope this morning that that perhaps uh, if you've kind of gotten in a rut in your prayer time or or, or if your prayer life starts off always with, oh, God, please help me, I hope I, that this message will help you make some alterations and some corrections in your prayer life, especially the way you begin your prayers. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. God likes a good, happy atmosphere. He likes a joyful atmosphere. If, as you bar- approach the Lord, come with singing. Glory to God. I, I, I love to start the day musically with something good and uplifting. Man, alive, I've been in homes where the, the first thing you hear when you got out of bed every morning was the television blaring with all the bad news of everything that was happening all over the world. And I hated that. When my kids were small in school, they, they, they used to get, you know, they, everybody doesn't wake up as happy as I am. Um, I, the morning is the best part of the day for me. And I realize that that's not true with everybody. Um, but I try to help everybody at my house to enjoy that. So the first thing I would do when I got out of bed every morning when my kids were small, I would, this was back in the days when we had stereos, and I'd get that stereo going and get that joker cranked up. We'd have us some music, boy. And it was music all the way to school 
And when I carried them to school, I, we, we would sing. In fact, we, we'd sing these little songs that they liked, a lot of them Bill Gaither stuff that he did for kids back in those days. And, and, uh, and, and <laughs> I, I had a little car with a, with a, a little four speeds. So I had a clutch, and I'd jerk the car and, and beat with the music. And, and, and we, people thought we were crazy as they saw us going to school. But, but get your day started happy. And the Lord likes for you to come into his presence, to make your way towards the Lord with singing. And then as you enter his gates, the psalmist said, enter his gates with thanksgiving. In other words, thank the Lord for something. Before you start asking, my goodness, thank the Lord for something. We've got so much to thank the Lord for. And so we, we need an attitude of gratitude. And by the way, your attitude determines your altitude. Did you know that? Years ago, when I was a youngster, I was learning to fly. We had a pilot in our church where I grew up, and, and um, he was needed more hours in the air so he could graduate up to a larger plane. He flew for P Piedmont Airlines, and um, he was flying their jet, but they had um, bought a, a fleet of bigger jets, and he needed more time, so um, he just needed air time. And so he would fly his little plane, and, and he'd let me go with him. And, and he'd actually let me fly it. And one of the things I learned about flying is that they refer to a plane's position as its attitude. If it has a nose-high attitude, for example, that means that, that you're level and beginning to climb. you got a nose-high attitude. If you got a nose-down attitude your altitude is going to decrease. You, you know, you see some people that go through life and boy, they just, they just like this. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's something about that attitude that's going to, that's a nose high attitude. That's going to get you this way. You see other people and here they are. They got a nose down attitude. And, and, and that's going to determine your altitude. It will take you down. We need, we need to, if anybody in the world ought to have a nose-high attitude, it's a child of God. Man, we've been bought with a price. We're not our own. We belong to heaven's kings. Jesus is our elder brother. God is our heavenly father. The Holy Spirit lives with inside of us. We're more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. We're kings and priests with the Lord. We've got heaven already assigned to us. And we ought to be excited about where we're going. Amen. We, we, need, a, we need a nose high attitude. In fact, did you know what kept the children of Israel, a whole generation of them, out of the promised land is a bad attitude. They were always grumbling, complaining, and doubting. And, and, just, and their attitude literally cost them the promised land. The whole generation had to die in the wilderness because of bad attitude. You say, that's kind of harsh, isn't it? Well, we deal with the same how many of you parents have experienced this? With my kids, the thing that cost them more than anything was their attitude. There would be times when my children would ask me for something, and I'd be ready to give it to them. In fact, excited about giving them what they wanted, and it display a bad attitude. Well, I couldn't give them what they wanted and reinforce a bad attitude. 
So their attitude kept them from getting what they wanted if they just changed their attitude. And we've said many times to our kids, your attitude, you gotta, you got to change that attitude. <laughs> and I think God looks down at us sometimes and says, why don't you change your attitude? You know, if you want to get in my presence, get a better attitude. Get, get, uh, come with singing. Enter with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Get that attitude. In fact, look at verse 4 again of Psalms 100, the A part of it, the first verse. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Well, first thing you need is an attitude of gratitude. Just, Lord, we thank you. Second thing is a proclamation of praise. Look at the B part of that fourth verse. You enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Praise. We have so much to praise God for. We have so much to praise God for. The, 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 the gratitude part, if you were to sit down today and just start making a list, just prod your memory and start making a list of things that you have to be thankful for, you would discover that that list would be quite long. Don't we have a lot to thank God for? Don't we? Now, listen, folks, that's what we know about. But what about all the things that we did not know about at the time? Things that may be going on right now that we don't know about. We just know that God, we trust in the Lord. We know that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he's going to direct our paths. We know that he's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He's going with us all the way to the end of the world. We have so much to praise him for. How many of you have experienced this? You'll look back a few years in life and, and, and sometimes you'll say, wow, God was in that after all. When you were going through it, it didn't feel like God was in it. When you were going through it, it you, you may have even questioned. You may have even wondered. You may have even said to yourself, what in the world is happening here? But when you got a little further out and you were able to look back over your shoulder, you say, wow, boy, God was in that after all. Maybe God saved me from, from that experience after all. I heard about a man one time that was, was visiting. He was taking a tour through the, he was studying psychology and part of his class was to take a tour through a, a, a mental institution and, and, and they went, <laughs> and they went through the mental institution and, and as they were going through, they, they, they walked by one room and they, they heard a lady, uh, she was saying, Bill, 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 they opened the door and she was just sitting there. She was rocking. She was saying, Bill, Bill, Bill. And, and the guy asked the, the guy that was guiding, he said, do you know what this is all about? And he said, oh, yes. Yeah. Said, said this lady had a traumatic experience in her life. Said, said, she, said she was in love with a guy named Bill and he jilted her and it rocked her world and she's never been able to overcome it. And so they went on, and, and then they got down into the padded cells where the real difficult play, uh, people were. And, and, and they, heard, they heard screaming coming from a room in a padded cell, Bill! Bill! And when they opened the door, a woman was banging her head into the wall, banging her head. And he said, do you know what the deal is with this? And she said, yeah, she's the one that got Bill. 
Jesus. <laughs> Folks, be, be, be careful in life what you ask for. And be thankful sometimes that God answers your prayer in a different way than you thought he would. We have things to be praise God for that we didn't even know about. Um, but on a very, very serious note, I want to take you to the book of Isaiah when we talk about the proclamation of praise and what we have to praise God for. And I'm, I'm going to read the first five verses of chapter 53. This passage, I'm sure, is pretty familiar with all of you. This is one of the Messianic prophets prophecies. Isaiah prophesied about the coming of Jesus, perhaps more than any other prophet in the Old Testament. And this is one of those chapters where he talks a lot about the coming of our Lord Jesus and, and describes what's going to go on in his life. Here's how he starts, and then I'll drop down to verses 10 and 11. Who hath believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of comeliness that, we, that when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Now, what he's talking about here is when we see Jesus on the cross. In fact, if you and I had been in that crowd that was looking up on the cross, the horrendous beating that Jesus went through, we probably would have shied away from it. It was so... His suffering was so indescribably horrendous that, that scientists tell us that his head was probably swollen twice to normal size from the beating on his face where they jerked out the, the, the beard from his face and left nothing but a bloody stubble of a chin where they walked by and pummeled him that whole a regiment of soldiers one after the other cursed him and spat in his face and they had that crown of thorns on his head and, the, and, and so there, there, he, he was not there was no beauty to behold him in his death He's despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. You know this part. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we're healed. How many of you are thankful for that? Praise God. Praise God. Isaiah goes on. He says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Oh, my, 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 my. You're talking about something to praise God for. Listen to me, church. Do, do, you, know, do you know what happened when you went to the cross in your prayer and asked Jesus to come into your heart, he bore all your sins and all your iniquities on his, in his own body on the cross of Calvary so that when you and I came to him in repentance and asked for forgiveness, he took all of our sins upon himself and then turned around and responded by giving us his righteousness. And we became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wow. You talked. Yes, give him praise this morning. We got something to praise the Lord for. We've got something to praise the Lord for. Now, now look at this next verse, verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He, was put, he put him, has put him to grief. 
When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. You, you see what Isaiah is saying here? He's saying that when God the Father looked at what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary, God the Father says, I'm pleased. Not pleased because he had to suffer, but pleased because an adequate price had been paid for sin. And God accepted that. The holiness of God, the justice of God, the judgment of God, the condemnation of sin, everything was satisfied with the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary. Glory to God. Now, I want to take you to chapter 54 of Isaiah. 54 is the chapter right after 53. And here, here's the glory. When you read about all that Jesus suffered in chapter 53, he goes into chapter 54 and tells us now what our attitude should be and what our proclamation should be. He says, sing, O barren, you who have born, have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. Wow. Now, he's using some metaphor here. But he's, he's also in this comparing the natural and the spiritual. And basically what he's saying, I mean, he tells us to start off, said, because of what happened in 53 of Isaiah to Jesus, you and I should be singing when we come to chapter 54. And he says, now I know there's some things, you know, you go through stuff that, you, that doesn't make you feel like singing. In fact, he uses something that's very common in that day. We don't, we don't view it in our culture like they did in that culture. But if you didn't have any children in that culture, uh, you were really, really handicapped because you had nobody to take care of you in your old age. It was the responsibility of your children to take care of you in your later years. And so for a person not to have children, it, was, it, it caused great grief and great sorrow. And, and, and it even became so culturally looked down on until it had a stigma that went with it. And, and what God is saying here, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. All of the pain that you may have borne, all the struggle that you may have gone through in life, it's, it's nothing to compare with what God has now done for you and what you have in the spiritual realm. You've got, regardless of what's going on in your natural world this morning, you've got something to praise God for. Amen. In fact, he said, don't even worry about uh, if, if you're barren. He said, no such thing in the Lord. Glory to God. He said, the children of the barren woman's even more than, than, the, children, than the children of those who do have natural families. Several years ago, one, one of the great families in our church has been here since before I came. So when I came here in 75 on Crawford Avenue, 
brother and sister Elton were, were two of the most precious people. I, I fell in love with them immediately. They were just uh, praying people, godly people. And boy, they've been part of the backbone of this church for many, many, many years. They're in their 90s now and, and unable to come to church anymore. But, but I mean, just choice saints of God. But Charles and Joyce never had any children of their own. Now, they've raised other kids, uh, family member kids, but they had no kids of their own. And I remember, we, in fact, we were on Wheeler Road at the time. It tells you how far back it was. We were get, I was getting ready for Mother's Day one year. And I, I remember as I was preparing the message for Mother's Day, I got to thinking about Joyce. And, and I was feeling sorry for her. And I said, Lord, please bless Joyce. I know that Mother's Day can be extremely difficult for people who don't have any children of their own. And I said, Lord, I, I just I, I feel sorry for Sister Joyce. She doesn't have any children. And immediately the Holy Spirit just stopped me in my tracks. I mean, in my spirit. It, it was as loud in my spirit as if it had been an audible voice. The Holy Spirit said to me, don't you ever say that Joyce Elton doesn't have any children. Joyce Elton has more children than most of the mothers in your church. And some of the mothers in your church will only enjoy their children in this life. Joyce Elton will enjoy the children that she has birthed into the kingdom of God throughout eternity. Wow. And I've never felt sorry for Joyce again because she may be the mother with the most children in our congregation because she's always been an intercessor and a prayer warrior and she's prayed countless people through and witnessed to people throughout her life. And, 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 and Isaiah said, <laughs> sing, 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 just sing, glory to God. Now, he's, he's, he's using that to lead you into the rest of what he's saying here in verses 10 and 11 by, by saying to you, look, here's what God wants to do for you. God wants to expand you. God wants to bless you. Good time of living. God wants to increase. Amen. He wants to, he wants to bless you. That's your heavenly father's desire for you. Some of us have a very skewed view of our heavenly father. You think of God as some big judge sitting up on the throne of glory, just kind of watching out, looking for you and making sure that we get everything recorded that you mess up on. That's not the right picture of your heavenly father at all. I want to tell you this morning, you got a heavenly father that loves you. He gets so excited when you're singing and happy. He loves for his family to fellowship together. And the desire of God is to bless you. The desire of God is to increase you. The, he said, stretch out your tents. Glory to God. Get ready for a bigger house. God's fixing to pour you out some blessings. You won't even be able to contain where you are. Somebody give him some praise in the house today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm just wound up this morning. I'm, I'm as wound up as I was last Sunday morning. If this is another one of these days, I could go a couple hours on this, boy. I'm telling you. I, I, when, I, when I realize what our Heavenly Father desires for us, how He wants to bless us, that's His will. We need to start. We need to start proclaiming his praise and his goodness and his his righteousness and Ruth Ward Hethlin a number of years ago had a ministry in Israel 
she ministered there for many years and had a had a great prayer team that uh, uh, would pray there at a mountain in in Jerusalem and um, she also had a church that she established there and she was on a flight from Sydney Australia to Hong Kong and on that flight she was on Qantas Airways she picked up a magazine from the back of the seat in front of her and was just kind of glancing through it it was it was a magazine um, entitled Australian Woman's Weekly and so as she thumbed through it there were recipes and fashions and so forth and right there in the middle sandwiched between all of that was an article that grabbed her attention it said sing your way to painless childbirth and boy that grabbed her attention and she started reading the article it was written by a famous French obstetrician obstetrician who said that he wasn't referring to just singing from your mouth he said if he could get a woman in in labor to just really sing I mean sing until she just sang with everything that was in her just the total woman as he referred to it singing that that her birth would come the birth of her child would come quickly and sometimes even painlessly now I, I realize that I I'm I'm in an area right here my wife has told me don't ever <laughs> try to tell women anything about childbirth because you don't have a clue and I don't so please forgive me it's not this is not what I said it's not my this this is what this French doctor said okay I'm just I'm just reading I'm just reading the article out of the magazine this is not my opinion and I'm, I'm please ladies don't don't start throwing things at me here I'm, I'm not trying to say that I understand at all but I will finish the story when when Ruth Ward Heflin got back to her church in Israel most of the people in her church if they had to have medical help went to a small hospital near where their village was and most of the doctors and nurses in that particular hospital were Muslims but she got her little congregation together and they had several young couples and some of them were expecting and she told them about this and she said I, I'd like to I'd like to experiment in this area I'd, but but if that will work in the natural think about what what it could do in the spiritual and she said uh, if, if we could just sing to the Lord remember my text David is singing to the Lord not to each other singing to the Lord she said what if we could just sing to the Lord and and even better than that what if we got to the point that we could sing in the spirit you remember Paul talked about he said, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with my understanding. I will sing in the spirit and I'll sing with my understanding. You know what he's saying here? He's saying there's sometimes when I pray, I, I just, I pray. I pray in my native tongue. I pray, I understand what I'm praying. But he said there's times, and he wrote about it in Romans chapter 8 when he talked about the Holy Spirit helping us 
and interceding for us and sometimes with groanings that can't be uttered that word there literally means that cannot be languaged in languages that we understand in other words he said sometimes i'm praying in tongues i'm praying in the spirit said sometimes i'm singing in mind with my understanding i know what i'm singing but said there's times that holy spirit will just come and help me and i'll just sing in the spirit and this is what Ruth Ward Heflin was talking about. And so she would, if, if the husband wanted her to be, and the wife wanted her to be in there with them, she would get on one side of the bed, the husband on the other. And when the labor pains would hit these young expectant mothers, they'd just start singing to the Lord with all of their heart. And they'd start singing in tongues. Even the Muslim doctors got to where they understood these crazy people are going to come in here and sing in tongues. And, and, and they would just sing it. And and wow, just suddenly the birth would come and most of the time without even any pain, just a miraculous kind of birth that would come. Now, I tell you that to say this. Again, I, I disqualify myself from understanding anything about childbirth except that I was born, you were born, we've all been through it. So, okay, that's as much as I know about it. <laughs> but but I, 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 will, I will tell you this. What what the scripture here is trying to tell us in all of these blessings that your heavenly father desires to give to you and to me not only does he in, in want desire as a father's heart to to enlarge our territory to expand our ministry to 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 help us reach out glory to god some of you ought to be like sister sister aldridge at 69 instead of slowing down you need to speed up praise god kick in another gear go for another challenge let god birth something in you i believe that god wants to do that in all of us in the spiritual realm he also wants to get us to the point where he can relieve us from pain that's what jesus was wounded for our transgression bruised for our iniquity chastised for our peace was upon him by his stripes we're healed. He's already taken care of our glory to God. If we would, instead of uh, grumping and groaning and moaning and crying and, and, and criticizing and, and, and talking negative and talking down, if we'd get an attitude of gratitude, start proclaiming the praise of God for all of the good things that he's done for us, God could take us through and into another level. Glory to God. Clean above your pain. Woo! Glory to God. Get you a nose-high attitude and look down on that pain. Say, that's behind me in Jesus' name. Glory to God. God's about to birth something quickly. And I believe this with all of my heart this morning, church. I believe that as the enemy is attacking our nation, probably with a, with a, a last-ditch attempt to destroy us, if the people of God all over this nation, instead of just moaning and groaning about it and shaking our head and talking to one another, and fussing at each other on Facebook if we just throw back our head and just start saying praise God I don't know what's happening in this world don't understand it all I know the devil may be attacking us but that doesn't make any difference to me I'm going to sing the praises of God I'm going to declare the glory of God I'm going to sing, 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 sing glory to God I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who strengthens me I can do all things through the Lord oh hallelujah Glory! If, <laughs> woo! if God 
could give Isaac a hundredfold increase in famine, God can bless us right in the middle of all this trouble today if we will praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, glory. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. And I've got four more pages of notes here. I've only dealt with three, so you imagine how much more I got to go here. We'll save it for another day. But right now, I want you to stand with me, if you will, all over this building. Praise God. Praise God. Sing unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord. You know, in um, in Psalms chapter 8, I, I love Psalms chapter 8. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, thou hast uh, ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Jesus quoted that passage in Matthew chapter 21. In fact, it's in verse 16. But Jesus in quoting that verse of scripture from Psalms chapter 8 said out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants thou hast perfected praise I remember one day I, I was reading that and, and in my mind Psalms 8 came back to me and I said whoa wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute did Jesus misquote the scripture and I thought, well, that can't be. Got to be something lacking in my understanding here because Jesus is the Word. Remember that? John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The Word is Christ speaking. He is the Word. There's no way he could misquote something that he wrote. He knows the Word. He is the Word. And so I said, I, be I better stop and study this a little while. And so I stopped and studied that a little while. The psalmist said he has ordained strength because of praise. Jesus said he has perfected praise. And then I put them together and I realized what Jesus was saying. Perfected praise ordains strength. And then all of that stuff that Ruth Ward Heflin doing, that makes perfect sense to me. If perfected praise brings supernatural strength, we're missing it if we don't up our praise. Amen? We, we, just, we just need to kick that up a level. I heard several years ago, well, read about it, an ocean liner that caught fire and actually sank in the ocean. And it, they were grabbing all the, they filled the lifeboats that they had. There wasn't enough for everybody on board. And many of them had life preservers and they were swimming. And one guy, he and his wife were together and their children, all, all of them had life preservers. And somebody came by and snagged his wife's life preserver and and so she couldn't, 
she had no life preserver and she grabbed onto her husband and she's hanging on to him for dear life and he's swimming his and he's and he's getting weaker and and so is everybody else that's in the water because time was going by and they've been they've been trying to stay alive out here and his wife hollered at him said honey i don't think i can hold on any longer and he said to her quit thinking about our situation and let's sing rock of ages and they just started singing rock of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee he sang as best he could she sang as best she could the kids beside them were singing rock of ages and and others heard and others started singing rock of ages and and somehow by singing about the mighty fortress of our God, our rock in a weary land, they seemed to be infused with extra strength and they were able to keep, keep swimming and, and they kept singing and the singing got louder as more people picked up and, and a boat was nearby and somehow caught the wafting of that song on the, on the wind and the boat came and rescued the, all of them. A song saved their lives. Perfected praise, glory to God, ordained strength, strength. Some of you need some strength today. You're going through some stuff. You need some strength. You need an infusion of strength today. Let me encourage you to sing in the midst of your trouble. Sing, learn to sing. Not to us, to him. Amen. Sing to the Lord. Sing. 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 Bow your heads with me for just a moment. Here's what I want you to do. If you're unsaved, if you'll open your heart to Jesus right now, standing right there where you are and say, Lord, I agree with you that the sacrifice of your son is sufficient to take away all of my sins and I repent of my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life you can be saved standing right there where you are this morning if you're away from God repent of anything that's unlike him and come back home today do that as we stand here together others of you you're struggling some of you are fighting pain some of it's physical pain. Some of it may be relational, emotional, heart-sick kind of pain. Others of you may be struggling in a number of different areas. I want you to sing to the Lord. And I want you to sing your way to through to victory today. And, and let this be a week of victory when we sing to the Lord.